Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I am Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Uh, and it's spooky time. It is spooky it's, time. <laughs> it is that spooky month of the year, the spookiest, where I, all the spooks happen. I like that Halloween is just a month-long holiday like on the <laughs> internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, I went to a Halloween party last night. I sort of went to a Halloween thing on Friday. Uh, so you did not really go to it. I mean, I did, but I don't know how much of a Halloween thing most people would consider it. It was um, so I was in Denver this past week for for work stuff, um, and I stayed with my sister on Friday, which was also my birthday. Uh, but we went. Oh, happy birthday! That's yeah. right. I saw that on Twitter. Happy yeah. birthday! Happy um, birthday! And we went to my niece's. Uh, like, fall festival Halloween thing at their preschool. It, Aww. It was pretty stinking cute. Um, my older niece was dressed as a mermaid, and every time she saw someone that, like, was in her class, she would, like, run up to them and say, I'm a mermaid! <laughs> um, and then my younger niece was just, like, so, like, she wasn't like, upset by anything that was going on, but she was just, like, so shell-shocked by all of the, the like, all of just the stimulus. Mm -hmm. Like, they have, they, I mean, they really do it up at their preschool. Like, all of the rooms were decorated. Like, some of them were decorated pretty intensely. Like, they had an under, under the sea themed room, and they, like, hung up blue sheets so it looked like you're, like, under water basically like they hung them up on the ceiling and had like little like DIY fabric jellyfish hanging from the ceiling like they Aww. they pulled out all the stops it was pretty impressive so that's great that's great for a preschool <laughs> yeah that's kind of impressive yeah and it's like it's like a preschool slash daycare so there's like they have like little little kids there too a lot of uh like family themed costumes. Which oh yeah. Is cute. Yeah. Did you go in costume at all? I so I did not have a costume prepared. Uh what I did was uh my sister had a pair of like costume like sparkly cat ears. So I put those on and I put some makeup on so I had like a little cat nose and cat That's, eyes. That is totally acceptable. So yeah, like one of the one of the guys at the um at the Halloween party yesterday basically had that. Like, he came in all black and he had, like, a set of black cat ears and did, like, a little face paint to do the nose and whiskers and that yeah. was it. Yeah, I I wasn't even wearing all black. I just, like, had on the flannel that I wore that day. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. That's fair. Um, I went as a uh, randomized character from the Soul Calibur 5 character creator. Oh my. Uh, which is, it, it's sort of an in-joke for anything. this. <laughs> well, so it's sort of an in-joke for this particular crowd because we do, um, I think I maybe talked about this on the podcast before, but we do an annual, like, Soul Calibur tournament because none of us know how to play Soul Calibur very well nice. for the most part. Um, so we just, you know, have a tournament where we all flail around trying to play the game. 
Um, and so one of the aspects of that is that we hold a contest so that, like, at any point, um, people can uh, do a thing where uh, – so they can, like, call it. Because we have a uh, – part of the tournament is randomized fighters. So you just, like – you pick random instead of picking a particular character, yeah. and you let the game decide who you're going to be. <laughs> um, but that includes, like, costumes and everything. So at any point, a, a person can say, like, call, and then we stop the fight, and I take a picture of the randomized character. And then at the end, there was, like, an extra prize for, like, best randomized male character and best randomized <laughs> female character. So I went as the winner of the best randomized male character. That sounds um, amazing. It was fantastic. So it was, like... Red, like skin tight red turtleneck plus purple gloves plus tiny short shorts plus gold half mask and gold pauldron shoulder armor plus like red hair um <laughs> short red hair uh yeah i said the gloves yeah uh so it was yeah it was pretty great and i made the pauldrons myself uh, out of like some you know i i found like some some leather ones at uh at a costume shop and like spray painted them gold and made like fake uh, engraving and I like trimmed the wig to be the right shape. Oh, and he's also got like a white belt from a gi, uh, like one of those tied cloth belts. Um, so I, I used my like bathrobe belt for that. So it was it was a pretty great costume. I'm gonna try and post some side by sides of like the screenshots of the original character and my costume because it was pretty great. Got like a little plastic sword from the costume shop. I was real happy with it. That I think you win Halloween this year. That's amazing. <laughs> also, I saw your um devil eggs. Oh yes, I also made devil eggs, which were deviled eggs. <laughs> With little bits of red pepper stuck in them to look like horns, so they looked like little devils. Those are super cute. Like I don't, I don't like deviled eggs, but those are <laughs> adorable, and I would probably eat one just because they're so cute. Yeah, I was pretty happy I mean, with that. They were cute, <laughs> but you object but I to don't the approve. principle to the to the pun I saw on Twitter. I'm honestly, like, surprised that I have not seen that before on, like, you know, a Pinterest DIY kind of page, because it seems like such an obvious pun. Like, of course it's devil eggs, right? Like, they're deviled eggs, and you just put little horns in them. Like, I feel it's like, the perfect Halloween snack. <laughs> I feel like I've seen people go, like, in a different direction with the concept of devil eggs, but rather than making them cute and putting devil horns on them, they just make the eggs extremely spicy. Yeah, I was uh, thinking like if I'd used um to if I were truly like to to make them really devilish, I would have uh used hot pepper instead of sweet pepper for the horns. Um which oh, would yeah. have made them very spicy, but I don't like spicy things and I really like yeah. deviled eggs and I wanted to be able to eat them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's valid. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that was a lot of fun. And it was a it was a good Halloween party. There was like lots of food. There were two puppies. <gasps> Uh, who came in costume. Uh, there was, someone did like a little mini escape room in the garage. Oh. And, uh, since Soul Calibur 6 came out, there was also like Soul Calibur 6 going on in one of the rooms. Nice. Yeah, my, uh, my boyfriend impulse bought Soul Calibur 6 and he's been playing it with his friends. He, he impulse bought Soul uh, Calibur 6 and then a couple days later he impulse bought a fight stick. <laughs> like, Everett, <laughs> you gotta. The character creator in that game, though. I really wish they would just release the character creator, like, <laughs> I know, like right? every time like there's a four? new, 
Yeah, like, oh, every time there's a new Soul yeah. Calibur game, I want this to happen, and it never does. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, we designed a few characters while we were there. <laughs> when, uh, my friend Ben made one that was, um, it was based on the shapeshifter body set, which is, uh, they're basically, they just look like a humanoid, but made out of just metal. Like, they're just kind of like a, you know, oh, Terminator-style... Okay. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, shiny, like, slick kind of, uh, skin, skin tone. Like so he made the, the, a shapeshifter. He made a shapeshifter that was red and had 666 tattooed across <laughs> his chest. Yeah, and he made him, like, the most, like, angry teen that he could. Like, he had, uh, he had, like, armor with, like, leopard print. And, like, the... Because you can also set up, like, the little photo that it uses for the thumbnail for the character. So he's got, like, flames and lightning in the background and, like, caution keep-out tape in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen, like, a lot of, of really good custom characters. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just Googled it right now because I couldn't think of any of the ones that I saw. But uh, right now I'm looking at uh, a Skeletor, which is fantastic. A... Uh, Sans from from Undertale, which is yeah less impressive. Cause skeleton, because skeleton is one of the base body selections. There's like twelve body base selections, and only two of them are not like just humans with a different texture. Yeah, there's <laughs> uh, like there's there's like humans, humans with different texture, lizard man, uh, and like. One, one other, like, interestingly different one, pretty much. And then they're all like, this is humans, but metallic. This is humans, but, like, stone texture. This is humans, but with, like, red eyes. This is human, but with bunny ears. Oh, <laughs> you know? I remembered, I remembered the one that I was trying to find. I, I don't see it here, but I remembered it. I saw someone made a, um, uh, Doug Dimodome from the Fairly Odd Parents with his, like, <laughs> extremely tall hat and bolo tie. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was pretty pleased with that one. What else is here? There's a really good Zoidberg. Uh, there's a Robbie Rotten. There's yeah. I don't my know, friend some Mike Jojo who had characters. the game was using this largely to like recreate all our D and D characters in fighting game form, nice. which I think is a good use of the character creator. Oh God, there's a terrifying Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so one of the things, one of the neat things that makes this, like, super, super customizable is apparently you can take, they have a collection of just, like, random shapes, and you can just, like, resize and and reorient those shapes as need be, any, and, like, recolor them. So you can kind of just create, like, weird prosthetics or protrusions or just make someone, like, a cube head or, you know, whatever you want. Um and that let that lets you do some really weird. It actually has a lot in common with like the spore uh, character and building creators in a weird way. Yeah. Oh God, a Bob Ross. There's a Bob Ross. Yes. <laughs> oh, I just I want to I want to dick around. Great. With this. That would be great to fight with. I bet fighting as Bob Ross is like a, a big laugh. I wonder what character like because all of these in the character creators are based in terms of weapon and combat style on one of the characters that's, you know, the standard characters from the game. So I wonder yeah. who they built Bob Ross on top of. It, it doesn't say in this, like, on this list, but, I mean, he's got a big sword, so I don't know, maybe Astaroth 
is Astaroth is a guy with the big sword? Uh, Nightmare, maybe? Nightmare, yeah. that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. It's difficult to say. It's it's just a big sword. That's, like, my only clue. Uh, but the character classes here. But the Sonic the Hedgehog one was made with Tira, who has the the ring weapon, so... Oh, I see. It's... Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Because, yeah, of course he would, like, giant Sonic with a giant ring. Yeah. It's a really good, like, hard-looking dude with just a moogle... Uh, like Moogle wings and a little apple on his head as like the pom pom. Then <laughs> these thumbnails. But anyway, it's uh. Oh shoot! Someone made a JoJo character. Yeah, fantastic. I've, I've seen a lot um, of those. <laughs> yeah, so it's a fun, like, just really ridiculous. And then once you've made these ri- really ridiculous characters, you can fight with them in the fighting game part. And that's often, depending on who you make, that is often its own kind of hilarious. So. Make the character creator free as a demo and let me play with it. Damn it. You can select, um, like, the, the lines that they'll say in online mode when the game, or, you know, when the match, like, starts and ends. Oh, no. So, like, when this character is defeated, they'll say this line, and and it doesn't let you enter anything you want, because obviously they're trying to, like, control profanity and stuff, but it gives you a pretty wide variety of uh, ones to choose from. Nice. Are they all voice acted, or is it just text that comes up? Uh, I've heard it's just text. Okay. Uh, it's only in the online version, and we didn't play online, so I didn't get to see it firsthand, but... That's fair. I gather it's text. Uh yeah, it's too bad that. Well, I don't know, Carl. Do you play fighting games? Carl. Um. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say it's caliber though. I was going to say it's too bad none of us play fighting games because we could do a fighting game episode, but that would not. I mean, I wouldn't be able to speak intelligently about a, fi- a fighting game. So. Yeah. Probably... Well. I mean, I think we often don't speak intelligently about the things that we play, depending I, on your definition. But. That's that's true, but I would be even less intelligent than normal about uh, about fighting games. Like, it would be like, yeah. I push button and a punch goes. <laughs> also, like, fighting games is one of those types of games that's really marketed to experienced people. Yeah. Like, that's... It's a whole... There's yes, a whole other community. I think it depends community. on the fighting game, because I think Soul Calibur is, to some extent, like, built to be, like, fun and shiny and cool things happen, even if you're just button mashing a lot. Um, Mike has pointed out that, like, even though he plays a lot of fighting games and he's theoretically supposed to know what's going on in this sort of game, um, like, he really has yet to get the hang of this one, so... It's not like Dragon Ball Fighters Z, which... Everyone was so hyped for that the community, like, the online play was just immediately flooded with people who have been super into fighting games for their entire lives, and non-fighting game people were, like, really upset that they couldn't do online play without just getting creamed. Yeah. I although, although from, from what I saw, like, the the fighting games people were, like, really supportive and helpful and trying to, like, you know, give less experienced players, like, sort of a primer on how to get good 
So that was nice to see. But I think fighting game community are, they're like really toxic, but they're also weirdly supportive of everything. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, fighting game folks are very passionate about fighting games, which is both a good and a bad thing. Yeah, often they're like not only playing fighting games, but also like they're in the community, so all their friends yeah. play and they gather and play and Yeah, I am I am very out of my depth uh in the fighting game genre, but um I don't know. The the Cup of Souls tournament is a fun time, so Yeah. It's it's fun when you don't like it's fun when nobody really knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fun when everyone's on an even skill level, whatever yeah. that skill level might be. Yeah. Which I guess is true of most competitive things, so. Yeah. It's like I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play MOBAs with anybody who knows what they're doing. My god. <laughs> um that seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, do we have any other non... I mean, we... This is basically <laughs> already a fighting games podcast at this point. <laughs> well... I, I've been to the... What's called... What's, it's a Sweden game conference. Oh. And been hearing about a lot of cool devs talking about games. Nice. So, one of the most interesting talks, I think, was from... Oh, shit. What's her name? Emily Grace Buck, I think, from Telltale. Oh, neat. When she talked about how... what actually happened. Oh, well, oh that's, yeah? That's nice, Why? I guess. I mean, that's probably really interesting, because... Even... I mean, was it, was it as much of a shit show as it sounded like from the outside? Uh, yeah. Way more of a shit show, I think. <laughs> oh dear. Man. Oh. So like, they had like 30 minutes to leave the building. Yeah, I heard about that part. And stuff like different man- managing people just like came and went. And they like marketed Minecraft for like R-rated audience. That's they had they had some mm-hmm. weird stuff going on. Yeah, I don't know. I never really like after probably the Wolf Among Us. I didn't really play any Telltale games, but uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I played that one, and I played a little bit of um, the Borderlands one. But I mean, they had a formula, and they were making good games out of their formula. And I, it's sad that you know, so many people have to be out of work for it. It sounds like it was just incredibly mismanaged. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speculate because obviously I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, that sounds accurate. Hey, unions for the game industry, just saying. Yep. Yep. Anyway, but, you know... (laughs) Let's, uh, maybe in, so, like, yeah, any, any other, like, fun, cool stuff to report from the, the conference? Um, lots of alcohol. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there was a really cool, uh, like, music workshop where they, like, 
a person that made music for like Resident Evil 6 and Street Fighter 5. And he made like music on the spot with the audience. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's cool. And it's always, I love seeing like people that good at what you're doing just working. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really rad. I want to get out to some, like, conferences and stuff. I actually, like, probably could have gone to Geek Girl Con today, but, um, I don't know. All the, like, big games conferences, uh, at least in the U.S., are just really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, shall we talk about a game? We should talk about a game. Uh, we played, because it is the spookiest month, we played a spooky game. Yeah. Spooky. A spooky, a spooky Swedish game. Uh, Kyla, are you, are you turned off of spooky games for the next, you know, three years? I think it was I our... was so, I was so worried because Carl was hyping up this game so hard last time about how scary mm-hmm. it was and how it was like the same or worse than the cat lady. Uh, and you know what? It is not nearly as bad as the cat lady. Um. I may, might change my mind about that, but I think it's scarier when it's scary. Well, yeah, well, the thing about the cat lady, the thing I was worried about, I think I think you and I probably were just talking about different things when we were talking last time. Um, the thing about the cat lady when we played it was the cat lady was all about doing things for the sake of shock value. Right? Like, they were all like, oh, this is like such a taboo subject. Let's talk about like you know, rape and murder and cannibalism and depression and suicide. You know, like, it, like it was a, basically about like trying to press as many discomfort buttons as possible. Um, but Fran Bo like had a story that it wanted to tell and just kind of stuck to it. Uh, and it didn't veer off into like unnecessarily gruesome. It was just gruesome in the n- normal course of things. I mean. And also it the got... The beginning is pretty unnecessary. Yeah, so the beginning is pretty, like, ridiculous. But also it's, like, only scary in the beginning, and then it just, like, gets steadily less scary as the game goes on for the most part. Yeah, I think I think part of that is, like, getting accustomed to the type of gore that is frequently on display. Um, part of it. Part of it is also, yeah. like, literally there's just a section in the middle that's yeah. just really not scary. Yeah, like, just, uh... I just, find uh, that scary, that place. Really? Even, like, I, when I, it's I, not the winter and stuff? I kept waiting for, like, I know something's gonna pop up soon. <laughs> there All were, the time. There were a couple of pop-up, but did we, did we say that we played Frambo? <laughs> Maybe we didn't. We played, we played Frambo. We played Frambo, uh, Which from, is a from horror Kill Monday. Game. Yeah, from Kill Monday Games. Uh, yeah, it's a point-and-click adventure game. Uh... And oh, is it an adventure game, but we'll get into that. It, it, man, it really is. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it sells itself as like a sort of horror, like horror fairy tale kind of thing. Um, and especially in the first chapter, it is very, very like horror gory kind of thing going on. Um, but it, it has a it has a lot of ups and downs. Like I was talking last time when we played Naissance about how Naissance is too much like the same tone for the entire uh, you know game, whereas this definitely has 
like a lot of different ups and downs and like sometimes it's really scary and sometimes it's really not and I think that contrast is kind of like part of what you were saying Carl is that you spend like the parts where it's not scary kind of a little bit worried that it might get scary again and that's that contrast working for you right it's the feeling of everything seems calm right now so like should I be worried (laughs) because I know this can get really scary so I have a note on this and it just say disagree with Kyla. <laughs> <laughs> because I think um I mean it's like it's true what you're saying, but I think the tone shifts were the parts were too long and too spread out. Maybe. So it's uh, like it's it's a scary game, then it's a less scary game, then it's a scary game again. Yeah. Maybe. Um I think it certainly did a better job of uh like having some kind of, like, tone arc than Naissance did, but that's, you know, that's sort of a cheap shot. Um, I also had a probably a very atypical experience of the tone because I, um, in an effort to not be super, super scared, uh, played this on stream <laughs> and had people, like, to people watching and people to talk to while I was playing, which is not a typical experience. Oh. So parts that would maybe have normally been scary were less scary for me because I was hanging out with folks. Yeah, there. I I don't know. I guess I was expecting more jump scares. Was the thing like there was there was one jump scare in like the intro cutscene. It's pretty much only the bad guy who jump scares you. Like he appears like three or four times, and it's always a jump scare. And occasionally, um, itward your your imaginary skeleton friend. There's like one part. In the beginning in the asylum where you take the pills and go into the dark world and he's just there and then he's like, whoops, goodbye, and just like leaves. It's like, what the fuck? What, like, I think that's the first time you see him. Yeah, it's like, it what is. the fuck is that guy? Well, that's, that's when he leaves you the, uh, the cat robot. But maybe we yeah. should go into the story first so there's some context yeah. for yeah, what we, we're saying. We have already started out, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty loosey goosey and scattered here, but yeah, yeah, probably good idea to, um, go through the. Alright, yeah, so the story of Fran Bo, you are, uh, a young child, uh, and a, like, 10 or 11 year old girl named Fran, uh, who is in, uh, like an, as- an insane asylum for children, like a sort of hospital-ish, um, and, uh, because her parents were both murdered, and uh she's having like bad hallucinations about things um and like the the main mechanic is like in the very beginning you get some pills uh and when you take the pills you can see like a dark world version of the world where everything is like horrible and scary and there's like shadow creatures and maimed bodies and all kinds of you know typical horror fare that was i think the the taking pills to go to the dark world mechanic was one of the, like, it's not scary on its own, but the fact that it's at the beginning of the game so you don't really know what to expect, and also the fact that, like, you have to do it to solve puzzles. You know that at some point you have to go into scary world. Like, for some reason, the, the fact of being in control of it, but at the same time kind of not being in control of it, like made it really tense for me in those first couple segments. It that's it's interesting. I, th- I think it made it easier for me because it was like because you have to press the button to make this happen. I was able to like 
take a deep breath and like prepare myself for what I was inevitably about to see. It was like still not a pleasant experience. I was like, oh god, I don't want to have to hit that button, but I'm gonna do it. But it was, I feel like for me it would have been scarier if it just suddenly put you in that world. Cause it does that once or twice. Yeah. Um, and that's always like a bit more jarring. Yeah. I mean, what's more scary? Jump scaring you or making you jump scare yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also the sound that plays when you, when you uh, take yeah. the pill and go into the dark world. Like I can't, I can't really describe yeah, it's, it. It's like a whoosh kind of thing in a, in, and it feels like, on uns- very unsettling. And it I'm feels, gonna try and do that song. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good approximation though. And it yeah, feels you'll like... have to deal with my approximation. I'm sure you can look it up on YouTube if you yeah. really want to hear the sound. And it, it just feels like it's a little too loud for the rest of the game, which, I don't know, that always like unnerves me. Yeah, and me. then there's like an uncomfortable, like, like awkward drone sort of like, um, audio filter on top of the dark world as well once you get there um that's always a little disconcerting yeah there's the drone and then there's in in a lot of cases just other like ambient sounds associated with the spooky shit that's going on in the dark world that is mm-hmm. not great <laughs> but... yeah so sorry didn't mean to oh. oh no i was done <laughs> okay um so the the it's very, very much an adventure game. It's a series of inventory puzzles, essentially. Um, you know, like, go collect the right thing, combine, give the right thing to the right person, sort of thing. So, the like, one of the very first quests you have is to get these pills. Um, and then once you get the pills, you go in and out of this, like, nightmare world in order to... And you can, like, just straight up take things from the nightmare world, and then they're real in the real world. Um... And so you you get your pills and you're the idea is that like they're holding you captive in this hospital and you're trying to get you're trying to find your cat who like ran away with you when your parents were murdered but has gone missing. Uh and then you're trying to get home to go live with your aunt um while uh it's cuz you don't want to stay in this like horrible hospital place. Um so the first thing is you like uh, you get a clue that, you know, in order to find your cat, you need to, like, do stuff with the pills. So you take the pills, and chapter one, it's five chapters. Um, chapters two and four are split into two parts. So the first chapter is escape from the hospital. Yep. And, the ho- uh, man, the hospital is pretty bad because, like... Yeah, the you... hospital is definitely the scariest section of the game, I think. Yeah, like... It's it's basically like a, a mental institution for children. So you switch into the dark world and you see like the kids that you are in the hospital with. They're all maimed in horrible ways, and they have these like demons, these shadow demons who kind of hang over them and follow them around and like whisper terrible, terrible things in their ears. And well, um, yeah. Ugh. Not great. Also, like, super heavily implied to the point where they basically just outright say that, like, oh yeah, we're also doing medical experiments on, yeah, on, on these the kids. <laughs> Which is yeah, and, not great. And there's some, sometimes the stuff that you see in the dark world is just, like, generically creepy, and sometimes it's, like, this mysterious to the point of, you know, like, oh, this is clearly, like, relevant to something. Um, so there's, like, 
you know, at one point you you see a kid in a like basically in like a padded cell, and if you go into the dark world, it says "itward" on the wall, like written in blood. And there's one where like the yeah, this weird skeleton man like appears and then leaves behind a little mechanical cat that looks like your cat, um, and th- little things like that. Uh, very, very creepy section of the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, both worlds are creepy. Yeah, this is the, yeah, this is one of the few places where, like, the regular world is also very scary. Cause I mean, like, at one point, like, the security guard asks you to kiss him, and you're like yeah. an 11 year old girl. I think like, he also, like, implies that he wants you to sit on his lap. I feel like I remember that dialogue as well. Yeah. Which is like, oh, that's not good. I was gonna say, I think that you can solve the, so there's one of the puzzles is you need to get past that guard, and I assume that you can solve that puzzle that way um, by, by like, complying with him, but you can also not do that, for which I was grateful. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that you could do that. Uh, I I know that there's two ways to solve the puzzle because I, I looked was it up. Say, I don't know for sure if the other one is complying. It might not be, but there's at least one other way to solve the puzzle because there's an achievement for doing it. Yeah, there's you can either poison him or you can like make spill, spill coffee, coffee on him on. so that he has yeah. to go change clothes and like leaves his post so you can steal his key. Um, yeah. I did the spill coffee one, but so there's an achievement for yeah, poisoning him. Yeah, you and have I, to... I don't know how you. I mean, I assume you give him the little like dessert bagel thing that's got sleeping powder in it. But I tried to do that, and it he like wouldn't. He's like, I'm not taking anything from you. Yeah, I, and I'm wondering. I looked that one up because I wasn't sure if I like was supposed to like after the fact. I still had that in my inventory, and I was like. What do I, like, who do I use this on? And you have to select the correct dialogue options hmm. to get him to take the, to take the pastry and get poisoned. Is it, but it's, it's not like complying with his weird sexual stuff? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, that's a bit comforting. <laughs> yeah, no, you just, you just like say the uh. right things and he takes the cake and then he falls asleep. Oh, I guess, yeah, I forgot that it wasn't like actual like, Cyanide poison. It was just sleeping. sleeping yeah, it was just sleeping pills. Yeah. I was thinking it was cyanide or something more uh, malignant. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. you escape. You escape from the hospital. Um, between every like main um, adventure gamey type level, there's like a little mini game that you have to play. So the first one is there's like a maze where the dark shadows are wandering back and forth, and you have to find your way through the maze following the little cat robot um, and not run into any of the shadows. I like the little interstitial parts because they they each sort of have their own visual style. Like the maze is like paper cutouts and there's a segment later where you're crossing a river and it's like a frogger type game. But everything (laughs) everything is like claymated tiles, like a tile set that, you know, was made from clay, basically. Uh, I don't know. I always thought those were really cute, and I was, like, yeah. excited to get to the end of the level to see, like, what they did. Yeah. So that one was pretty cute. Um, and so then Chapter 2 is in the woods. Chapter 2 is uh, one of the two parts. So the first part is in the woods. It's the first place where you see something that's ostensibly in the real world that really doesn't seem to belong there at all, mm-hmm. um, which is there's, like, a giant ant 
and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, he's, uh, he's like a musician. Antoine? Yeah, Antoine the jazz musician. Yeah. But you don't find out he's a jazz musician till later, I think. He's yeah. just like an old, hard-of-hearing Ant-Man. Yeah, which is interesting. And he's got, like, a, a bug companion. And, a beetle pig. Yeah, a beetle pig, yeah, a beetle, beetle pig. pig. And you have to, uh, kill the beetle pig, which is, uh, unsettling. Yeah. I think the another thing that makes this game unsettling is the fact that you're frequently like doing terrible things, but Fran is just like so pure and innocent. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, I have to split you in half with an axe, Mister Bug. I hope you don't get sad about it. Like, yeah, yeah she complied really easily to killing yeah, that. Yeah, she's like. I feel like her writing is a little weird because her like child childlike innocence is probably like more on the level of like a five or six year old than the like eleven year old she's supposed to be. Yeah. Also, my but, you can't hear it, but my computer just like made some notification noises at me. So, uh, sorry about that, <laughs> listeners. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a part where you have to like get into the his like anthill house and there's some pinecone people that <laughs> you have to like uh trap the pinecone dad in a mouse trap and then push over the pinecone baby so the pinecone mom will come take care of it and so then you can steal their blueberries. Yeah, so you can all to steal some blueberries. <laughs> what? Uh yeah, yeah, the the forest segment is where reality really starts to fall apart mm-hmm. a little bit. But, you know, that's fine. Yeah. And then the second half of chapter two is you get, like, kidnapped and taken to this house with these twins. Um, and they're, like, sewn together. Yeah, they're... Uh, and it's implied that it's, like, one of the experiments from the hospital was, like, sewing two little girls together for no apparent reason. I think um, they... So they, they mentioned later on that, like they're doing research, like, very later on, like, at the very end, that the research involved twins. So yeah. I feel like they're trying, like, twins and, like, the psychological connection that twins are frequently purported to have. Um, yeah, that would make more sense if, like, Fran was a twin and that tied in somehow, but as far yeah. as I can tell, she's not. Yeah, no, she's I not. I mean, it could be two different, like, research things. Yeah, no, I mean, it could be unrelated. It's unclear. They were doing evil experiments at that place, and in one way or another, two girls got sewn together. Yeah. And one of them was maybe evil, and one of them maybe wasn't. It's unclear. I don't... Um, I don't think, like, one of them was evil and one of them wasn't. I think they just hated each other so much that it made them, like, real shitty to each other. Yeah, I guess one was, like, more violent than the other, because one always looks angry and one always looks sad. Yeah. Uh, in, like, all the background stuff yeah um but yeah so that they have a whole like um hansel and gretel weird thing with you where they're like keeping you in their house and forcing you to do stuff they're not like going to eat you but they like want you to cast a spell for them um and so they give you like a spell to cast but you find like a different spell and you have to um get the ingredients for it and like cast it to kill them and get out of the house and also they have mr midnight uh, yeah. Your cat, 
Um, chained up in their attic, so you can... This is where you reunite with Mr. Midnight, who's the best. Do do they ever explain why they have Mr. Midnight? Oh, they needed, they needed like, his blood and fur for their spell, I think, was what it was? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And I think they just, like, found him in the woods uh, and, like, kidnapped him, basically. Yeah. So... Uh, while he was looking for you. So, you defeat them, um... You mentioned that the pill world in this area takes oh, yeah. you into the bottom of the well, where you sort of fell down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's most other places, like, every room has a, a corresponding, like, room in the other world. But in this one, whenever you go into the other world, you always just fall down into this same well, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting and weird spot. I guess the well, like, was in the forest, um, and that is sort of how you get there, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Like that you put a right. door on the well. And it's like the pill world on the normal world has switched. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Because, like, when you're taking the pills, you see yourself in the well in the woods, which would make sense, because that's sort of, that's how you got there. Um, but in the, in the, without the pills, you see, like, this little house on an island, um, where these girls live. So it's, yeah, it's it does seem like things switched a little bit, and actually even before that things switch a little bit because there's a there's a part where you go into the ants house, oh, yeah. uh, and it looks like a cute little house with weird little pinecone people in the quote unquote real world, and then when you take the pills you're just inside a giant anthill and there's a fuck ton of ants everywhere. Oh, and a and dead, a dead guy. guy, and a dead guy eaten by the ants. Yeah, a dead exterminator eaten by the ants. Yep. Did he have, like, an exterminator job in the woods? <laughs> Maybe the, the anthill was so large people were getting worried. I don't know. I mean, it seemed like a pretty big anthill. Like, yeah. that you, like, to, to be able to house a human inside an anthill. That's a very, that, that would be an alarming anthill. By, by yeah. my estimation. I mean, yeah. It was, yeah, it was like definitely like a, you know, 10 to 15 foot tall anthill. Would you be alarmed, or would you just say, whoa, that's a big anthill, I mean, and leave it alone? If if the anthill is that big, who knows how big the ants are? I'm well, just saying. I, I, was I don't think say that's how like, it works. <laughs> um, I was thinking more like, you know, if it's real, if it, depending on how close it is to human habitation... You might be like, oh, this is, you know, a, a bad infestation waiting to happen. The moment, like, they find food, then you get, like, an enormous swarm coming in. So, I don't know. I think sometimes if if an ant an anthill, like, the, the subterranean structure is uh, extensive enough, it can actually cause, like, like sinkage in, mm. in the earth. I'm not 100% sure. I feel like I've read about that happening, though. Like, where, where an anthill got too big and they had to, like pour concrete down it to fill it in or something because of, I don't know, structural integrity of nearby buildings <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I could also just be pulling this out of my ass. It's, <laughs> it's difficult to say. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, so that's, I feel like that was the first place where it seemed to me like, oh, hey, this, this doesn't seem like the right order of what's the real world and what's the nightmare world. Yeah. Also, um, maybe, I don't know, if we mention this, but like it's it's also implied back in the hospital that the the pills are like unregulated research chemicals that they're just mm-hmm. giving you 
again yeah. as part of like medical research. Yeah, like there's there actually is a version of the pills you're supposed to be taking, but it's not these pills. It's these are like switched pills. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So you get out of the twins' house, and oh, I, I do want to come back and talk about. I just puzzles. realized that that's why the other pills are yellow. Yeah, those Once are the red pills. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry about that. No, uh, <laughs> that lightning um, bolt. I do, I do want to come back at some point and talk about some of the puzzles, especially in the typewriter. Yeah, yeah, that puzzle. But we'll get there. Um, so you, what what happens next after you escape the house? That's um, chapter. That's the end of chapter two. Chapter three. Oh, chapter three is um, Etherista. Yes, you yeah. you cross the water and you end up on like a cliff, and the the enemy like villain guy, I think his name is Remor. Uh, yeah. He like pops up. He's like he's like a big like death guy, like a you know cloaked death figure with a big goat skull and covered it's in like blood and stuff like that. And, yeah, he's it's a cool design. Um, but he like you're trying to cross a like a fallen tree, Shit. I think, to get to the other side. What? What? Sorry, I, my internet just cut out there for Uh-oh. a second. That was weird. Oh, okay. Um, that's, I'm I'm back. Keep no, going. yeah, no, you're still here. That's that's good. Um, I think you're trying to like f- cross a downed tree to get across this chasm, and and Remor pops up and gives you a frighten, and then you fall. <laughs> yeah. And at some point during falling, you like open up a portal, uh, like unwittingly open up a portal, and you end up in another world. Was there a was there a mini game at the end of chapter two? The that was the to- the Frogger. Is that? No, yeah. from, oh, is it? Yeah, 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 because yeah. you, you ride the toad off the, the girl's island, that's right. Yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't a mini game between part one and two of chapter two, but yeah. between chapter two and chapter three, okay. yeah. Okay, so you go to Atherista, um, which is, uh, I guess right before, sometime, like shortly before you get there, you find a journal from like a a guy that and it's just like pages and pages of reading and it's like there are five dimensions and like we live in dimension three but there's also like two heaven dimensions and two hell dimensions and like Etherista is one of these heaven dimensions and it's like full of plant and bug people and it's like I went there and it was great and I met this guy and you know so it's it's like a weird info dump just right in the middle of the game there's yeah. a lot of stuff but yeah. I, I kind of like it it's a long journal <laughs> There's lots of pictures. Yeah, it it really it it does have the feel of like, wow, a crazy person wrote this. Yeah, it's like this. Here's like the mother of madness, and she kept me in a cage, and I like learned to like embrace like sadness was all things, and then I wasn't sad anymore because everything was sadness and you know and pain, and it's like uh, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sage advice, crazy man. Yeah. <laughs> also, the cat just jumped off when you fell. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. so you fall from the no bridge. No hesitation. And the cat's like, uh, you know, I've got you, but he's a cat and he can't fucking hold you up. Um, and so you slip and fall and he jumps right down after you. Yep. And then you die. Sort of. Because like, you're literally, you turn into a tree to protect your body. Yes, you do. Yep. Uh, and like, not even like a, like a full tree, like a, a log, like a tree trunk. Yeah, you're just a log with a face. Yep. 
which is uh, unfortunate. And and you are lying on the ground as a log with a face, and you get a little segment where you get to play as Mister Midnight and solve a little puzzle um, to get I think to get your bag back is what he gets, yeah, yeah. does. Yeah, get your inventory bag. Um, and then some bugs show up. Some bug mans show up. And yep. they're like on a flying boat. <laughs> on a flying boat, and they're like yelling in a language that you don't understand. Uh, and you have to convince them that Fran is a person, and you do that by showing them a photo of her with her parents, I think, with her whole family. It's yeah. like her and her parents and her aunt and Mr. Midnight or something like that. Yeah, and and that causes the bug people to realize that you're person and then they take you to their king yep who speaks english i guess yep um uh, and yeah and somehow you found your way to etherstone which is one of the heaven dimensions and it's full of bug and plant people and there's a doctor who's a giant axolotl um who's a fluffy flying axolotl which is fantastic yeah i guess i saw i saw i'm looking at the walkthrough to like remember what happened and it has his palantras palantras is his yeah. name i but, keep wanting to say like palindrome but i know it's not that eh, close enough um yeah so you get you get palantras takes you to um to like an area where there's a, a pink spring that was talked about in the journal um and it lets you um just like it's just it's a heal everything spring yeah um, and I kept thinking that there was going to be some, like, side plot or something about the spring being tainted and them losing their ability to heal everything. Um, but no, no, that never happens. It's just yeah, nothing, perfect, like, miracle spring. Nothing bad really happens in, in Estertha, or Estertha, whatever the place is called, Estertha. Estertha. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing bad happens there, really, for the most part. I mean, yeah, so it's a, it's... You have the so you actually lose the pills at this point, which I thought was a super interesting uh like design decision because they like specifically are like, okay, this is not the place where you have to force yourself into scary situations. Like this is a nice place. Bad things like that don't happen here. Um and so instead you get a little clock that you can use to change the seasons, uh and different things happen in different seasons, and sometimes scary things happen in winter. There's a mm-hmm. few like little jump scares, um, but it's for the most part it's not that bad. Yeah, I I really liked the the mechanic of changing seasons to get things to happen, like it being in the right place at the right time, and and yeah. uh, like it was it was interesting and had a lot of like kind of cool outcomes, but it was never confusing because you can just change seasons at will at any time. Yeah. So I mean, it's a good way to add complexity without adding space in any yeah. Yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it did. There were a few points in that area where I felt like um, they didn't do a great job of limiting your options because, like, one of the things that's important in adventure games is that you don't give the player too many things they can do because then if they're stuck. There's like an exponential number of combinations, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that every every area on the map had four variations was a little bit too much, too big of a possibility space sometimes. Yeah. Um, I only ran into trouble with it like once or twice, but it I, it did get me very stuck. I did get to a point where I had to look up um, some of the stuff going on there. Yeah. Was it 
Was it the lemon? It was the goddamn lemon, yes. <laughs> yeah, the lemon. Yeah, you're right. I did have to look up the lemon. Um, but the, I think the good thing about that, though, is that though there are four variations on... Like, theoretically, there are four variations to every single screen. But in in practice, there kind of aren't. Like, some of the screens just don't change that much. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, it yeah. was it was a much larger possibility space than we had had at any point prior to this, but it wasn't like it wasn't like Grim Fandan Grim Fandango big where they just open up the entire fucking world after a point. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. 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 Or like Thimbleweed Park does that too. That's why I stopped playing Thimbleweed Park. Yeah, it's not a, only does the, Thimbleweed Park open up, but then you also have like five different characters that you have to switch yeah. between. Oh, I have like, so many inventory those types items. of games. It's not something you can't play. You have to like, oh, now I'm gonna look for this and work on it, sort of. Yeah, yeah like you gotta, you can't just pick it up and then put it down and come back to it later. Like, you know, uh, more than like a day later like you have to really devote your time to it otherwise you just forget yeah i think it's definitely and like that i've been watching mostly walking so long now that i feel like i have a really good survey of (laughs) the adventure game genre and it turns out that like limiting the number of choices is just a super super important part of this genre because like you know that otherwise it, it becomes really easy to get very lost for a very long time mm-hmm. and very, very frustrated. Can do other stuff? But living thing is one of the easiest solutions. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. Along with multiple solutions. Yeah. Uh along with multiple solutions, which they do one or once or twice in this game, but not not that much. Yeah. Um and uh and, you know, you could also implement, like, a hinting system, which I really thought they were going to do via the cat, because at one point he's, he says, like, oh, I'll help you with these riddles. But he doesn't fucking help you with the riddles. You yeah. just talk to him, and he says, I'll help you with the riddles. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair. Uh, but, yeah, so the so you, you go through with Theresta. There's, like, a wizard, and you have to, like, help him find his wizardly in, in implements and so he can get these stones to help send you back to your world. There's... I also thought that you were going to let some horrible evil into this world by mistake because they they bring that up. They're like, oh, it's very dangerous for you to be here because if you're here, that means like the door to this world is open and bad things can come in. So I thought there was going to be a subplot where you end up like destroying this beautiful, peaceful place by, um, you know, by your lack of care. But that doesn't happen either. No, totally, I mean, it, it totally sort not. of plays out in the narrative a bit, where you're like the uh, flying pal, palantras, gets uh, turned black and then yeah, goes he, and repairs himself. Yeah, he gets a bit injured at one point, but that's about the extent of what happens. Um, also, like uh, you start seeing stuff. Yeah, there are some, there are some of the dark shadows, but the dark shadows, we, you learn through the journal that the dark shadows are actually like, um, if you just like cleanse them with water, they become these like light guardians called, uh, Valokas, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the Valukas live in Itherstha and are fine and are cool. So that suddenly makes the shadows, like, way less scary, at least to yeah, me. Yeah, but you, see, you also, like, I think you see Remer at some point, but I'm not sure. Um, and you see yourself jumping off a cliff. You do see yourself jump off a cliff at and, one point. Yeah, you and, have a couple of hallucinations towards the end. Yeah, there's a point where, like, a a false version of your aunt appears to you. Or no, it's your parents. It's a false version of your mother appears to you, and she's like, Come be with me forever, Fran! Like, all, all spooky and all spooky and dead and shit. And mm-hmm. you have to be like, No, you're not my real mom! Yep. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... Itherstha is not entirely without its scares. Um, but, but for the most fine. part, yeah. And yeah. You, you fix a marriage. I think that was my favorite part. <laughs> between a between a mountain and the rock at its peak. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't even remember what they were fighting about. Uh, he was cooling off too much. He's oh, a volcano. He, oh, and yeah. she's required to keep him from blowing up. Yeah, and he was in bringing her a flower? Yeah, I was going to say, he didn't get her the, like, special red flower right. that he always gets her every year, so you have to go and get the flower, um, which I I don't want to bring real, really Egypt dynamics into this <laughs> story, but sure, why not? I, I mean, um, I guess their rocks, their, their views on relationships are probably a lot less nuanced. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's, sure, let's go with that. Yeah, okay. Um, also, does that mean there's other rocks? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a fair stuff, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, so you, the, I think the, the mini game at the end of, um, of that, this segment is like the most disappointing mini game. <laughs> because you just have to do a little thing where you like, uh, connect the stones into a pentagram. Um, and, oh no, that's, sorry, that's not the minigame. That's, a, that's a minigame that you have to do, but then it is immediately followed by the, um, the platformer one, isn't it? Yeah, the one where you yeah. have to, like, run from a, a troll or something. Yeah, that's right. It's a, there's like a little infinite runner minigame that happens there. So there is a, there is a, like, disappointingly sim- simple little thing where you have to, like, arrange the stones into a pentagram. Which was, which is not hard once you figure out how the controls work, which took me a little while. Yeah, same, same. Um, but then, yeah, so then you go through this like gate back towards your world, um, but you're in like this interim world where you're being chased by dark spirits, uh, and you, yeah, you're in a little infinite runner and you have to like jump up onto stones and across little gaps and stuff to escape this this evil thing that's chasing you. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. It's, you know, it's another one of those, like, cute little changes of pace. Yeah. So. Uh, and then you find yourself in the woods, uh, and then you meet Mr. Edward. Yes. The best. I love <laughs> him. Pretty... He's just a skeleton. He's a dapper skeleton. He's got a top hat and a little, a little suit. Yep. And he's, and he's very tall. And he's, like, your imaginary friend and also kind of it's sort of implied that he's also the imaginary friend of, like, all of the kids with brain problems. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, he wants to help you out. He's, like, trying to, he's been trying to watch over you and, like, make sure you're okay and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's got, like, a flying time machine 
that he wants to take you home with. I mean, none of this is really clear at this point, right? Yeah, it's well, true. I mean, he says as much to you. Like, it's it's not clear that he's a good sure. guy. It's not clear that he's trustworthy. But he does say, like, hey, I have this flying time machine that can take you home. Want to come? Yeah, this was another thing. Like, like how you said that you thought there would be a subplot about, like, destroying... Is there... Is... I can't... I Why can't I say it? I don't know. <laughs> about destroying bug, bug land. Hi, kitty. Um... And I had a similar thing with Itward. Like, I thought that... With both Itward and Mr. Midnight, where I thought, like, I was going to end up severely betrayed by one or both of them, and that just doesn't happen. It almost seems like you do at one point in the flying machine, because, like, Mr. Itward calls you in to get rid of a rabbit and then steals the cat and leaves you locked in the room. But it turns out they were sort of doing that so that they would have time to... to prepare a surprise party for you? Yep. <laughs> yep. Which is the silliest reveal. Yeah, I forgot I forgot about the surprise party. <laughs> yeah. Um it's very it's a very silly thing. But they do that. And like there's there's some so this sequence involves you like fixing some stuff on the ship and like wandering around the ship and, and using uh like a water teapot thing on the roof to defend the ship against the uh the Kamala. Kamalas. Yeah, the Kamala's the the shadow monsters that are uh chasing you and um I don't know, it's fine. Uh you know, it's very adventure gamey. Yeah. Uh, and then your ship crashes. And what's the second half of chapter 3? I can never remember. Uh that's the graveyard? No, that's chapter four. That's chapter Chapter 3 is oh, one no, sorry, part. chapter sorry, chapter 3 is the third, so we're in chapter 4. Um, is, yeah, is the graveyard's part Maybe yeah, it is. it is. Yeah, so the graveyard's you, part two. Yeah. So you do find yourself back in, for, for whatever reason, Mr. Midnight says, like, oh, the, the ship is crashing, we won't be able to get you back to your world. But then you crash land and you are in your world? Um, question mark? Uh, and I was There's expecting... a lot of question you, marks. Yeah, I was expecting, like, a reveal, like, oh, you're not really in your world, you're in some kind of, like, parallel world, but no, it seems like, actually, you just are back in your world. Yep. Um, and you meet the doctor, who was your therapist from the hospital, um, and he's, like, super confused. He's like, listen, I thought you were dead, because there's a, there's a, like, a thing in the paper that says you died, but, like, this is from before you came to our hospital, so I don't know what the deal is, so let's go dig up some dead bodies. Yeah, like you have to go dig up your family's grave to prove that you're not in it. Also, uh, another another subversion of expectations. They set up the doctor as, like, really callous and basically as a bad guy, and then it turns out that he's totally not a bad guy at all. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and there's a... There's some weirdness at this part, uh, where you dig up the three graves and it's your parents and a cat skeleton. But is the cat supposed to be Mr. Midnight? Because you claim it's not Mr. Midnight and obviously Mr. Midnight is still alive and with you. Um, but maybe you're crazy and maybe like it is the cat. It's like very, you know, again, lots of question marks. Well, yeah. the the whole thing about, like, insanity is that you can never question it. 
where you can never be certain. Yeah, sure. Like it's like, it's, it's a good cop. There, there's n- there's no point in saying like is this real or is it not? Because it could be both. Yeah, I guess. Um, considering the end of the game, that feels a little uh, cop outish, but we'll get there. I guess. Uh, all right. So you dig up the grave. Um, the doctor is more confused than ever. Uh, you keep insisting that all these things that you've been seeing are real and there are five dimensions and you sound like a crazy person. And you're like, oh yeah, and my cat, it talks and, you know, whatever. Um, and then... I actually, I find that segment really fascinating because it's... Because you're sort of accepting that it's sort of... Like you're not sure if it's real or not. Yeah. But then we try and explain it to someone else. You just sound like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. And it really like enforces this. Wait, is this actually just? Am I just crazy? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of playing with that. And then it's how do you get from here to the dark world? Um, the remor comes. Yeah. He just puts you in the. Is that he? Does he? He comes when you're in the like parking lot outside of the graveyard at the end, right? Yeah. And he he makes he makes the doctor disappear question mark. And then does he just do the same thing to you? I don't even remember that part. Yeah, I think he just puts you in spooky world. And was there a was there a mini game at that point? Uh I don't think so. I don't remember there being one. Yeah, neither do I. Maybe they just don't have a mini game at the end of uh Chapter four. Yeah. But so you. Hmm? Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like it. Okay. Um, yeah. So then you're in. Uh, you go to ostensibly rescue the doctor to uh, the hell dimensions on the other side of reality. Um, and you chase Ramora around through a bunch of. There's like a weird area where there's a a bunch of. Um, doors and like a sort of dollhouse type space and everything is super like weirdly surreal um, and you, you've you lost your pills at this point uh, I, think but, you, I think you have run out of pills like all of the, all the yeah. pills are gone I think is what they yeah. say yeah so you, you've, you've run out of pills but the real world and the, the other world are so kind of mixed up at this point that it almost doesn't matter yeah um, and you get a special gift from uh, the the axolotl and combine it with a key and then you get to um, like you know see whatever you like including doors question mark I don't know um, yeah the narrative gets pretty murky by this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah at, yeah at this point everything is pretty surreal including like what the fuck is even going on like you, right now. you wake up in your house and you're chained to the bed and it's like implied that your aunt grace is responsible for you being chained to the bed and then you're not sure if it actually is your aunt or if it's just like an evil thing that looks like your aunt and then you you like will yourself into into another version of this reality where you, I mean, Fran is there, like, as a younger version of herself, and you interact with a younger version of Fran as Fran, 
and she helps you like get unchained from the bed, and it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um. So you work your way through this sort of dark dimension. You run into the mother of pain, who ends up being kind of like not that scary. She's pretty chill. She's pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh yeah, my son Remor has been running around doing shit again. Um, don't, why'd you fucking wake me up for that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and then, and then you end it's up. Sort of, like, question, what's the point of her? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Cause there's, there's a whole puzzle, like, associated with making a, an alarm clock out of just a bunch of random shit to wake her up. <laughs> like, actually, That's hang the on. most random assortment hang on. of items. I, I have a list. You have, like, a, a backpack, like a school bag sort of thing, a light bulb, an alarm clock, a bottle filled with water, soap, a glove, a, like, black electrical wire, and a, like, toy, like a dollhouse piano that you have made out of, like, a clothespin. Yep. And you combine all of those things together, and it makes the clock that wakes up the mother of pain. Yep. I should, I should, we should mention that, to be fair, they don't make you just, like, find those items. They give you a checklist of items you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like you have yeah. to figure out that these items go into a clock. It's just like, why... It just, it's a lot of effort because there are like sort of multiple puzzles that you have to solve to traverse this area to collect everything and then you have to combine them. It's so much effort for basically a non-important like throwaway character. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so you get to her, she unlocks like this lower area of the hell dimension for you and then you go there and it's like a doctor's office. And it has the best music ever. <laughs> um, I don't even remember the music from I there. Know. And I'm I played the section. Chill. I played the section this morning, and I don't remember the music. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so you have to like get in to see the doctor, and then there's like a weird reveal ending. And this part is just—I don't even know. I don't even know <laughs> what to think about this whole section. Because it's like it's a it's like a an info dump type thing where it's like okay there's the doctor he's like um, chained up to like an electric chair you get him out of the electric chair by stabbing him with a syringe filled with an unknown red liquid um, which may may or may not be related to the stuff that like your pills were made of um, and then, like, it, your aunt shows up with another doctor who, like, ran the hospital that you were at, and they're like, ah, ha, ha, we're evil, and we, like, collaborated to kill your parents, and we've been doing these experiments on children, because we're trying to find this key to these different dimensions, and you're that key. Um, it, it gets very complicated. Yeah, and then, and then your aunt, like has has Mr. Midnight in a cage and she throws him off like into a fucking void and then and then Fran tries to strangle her aunt and then the doctor wheels it in his wheelchair and shoots Fran yeah and oh, then we've got the part where Remor says like it turns out you killed your parents oh yeah yeah, yeah. I was oh, possessing yeah. you yeah <laughs> 
which is like, okay, that has like literally no bearing on anything that happens. It's just like, yeah, oh no! Like, it's and it's built up as like a mystery throughout the whole game, and but from the beginning, friends like, I think Remor did it, and so it turns out he kind of did, and it's sort of a reveal, but sort of not really an interesting reveal in any way. Yeah. Also, I think that was the first thing I thought when, like, her parents died and she ran away. I was like, ooh, did she kill the parents? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not a very satisfying twist. But anyway, yeah, so yeah. the other, so the other doctor shoots Fran. And then, and then Itward shows up and, like, psychic blasts the doctor like off the screen and psychic blasts your aunt off into the void. Um and then and Palantris shows up and he just has Mr. Midnight, like he caught Mr. Midnight. And yeah. it's like oh, oh like everything is fine and we're gonna go live in a sur- 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 for sure. <laughs> um and and she friends like, well but we gotta save we gotta save the doctor, like the the good doctor, not the bad one. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can't, but we can make it so that he forgets everything, like, or he wakes up and he thinks that everything has been a dream. So that's, like, what you do. Uh, and yeah, then so then you do that, and then you go off to live in a Thirsta, probably yeah. ever after the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, this is, like, I... I I'm happy it. with that. I want to say for the record that when I was in Ethersta, I just kept saying on the stream, like, why don't I just stay here? Like, this place is nice. Like, this place is not trying to kill me at every corner. I have my cat, which I was the main thing I was looking for. What real reason is there for me to go home? I should just stay here. And then in the end, they just do. Yeah, like, the real reason was that, like, A, she wanted to figure out who actually murdered her parents, even though she basically already knew, and she, like, wanted to live with her cat and her aunt, and they could all be a family together. Yeah. Like, that was the reason, but yes. And and then it turns out her aunt is evil, so she's like, well, I guess fuck that plan. Let's just go back to it there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, I guess the... at the time, I was like... I'll take it. That's about the happiest ending you could have, given the, the situation. But it's such an atypical way for this sort of story to go, um, because it's very much like a a kind of a classic hero's journey sort of thing, and it, it really, really feels like you're supposed to end up kind of coming full circle uh, and getting back to a place where you're in the real world, but now you have these powers and you sort of understand your place in it better, and you, like, you know, you've learned to enjoy life and to, like, get over what was haunting you, and, like, that that feels like that would be the, the closure of this in a normal story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's but like, no, nope, let's just go back to that, that area you passed through around the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't feel earned in any way, like the whole twist with Remor having, like, possessed you to kill your parents, and with your aunt turning out to be evil, like, all of that kind of comes out of nowhere and with no real work having to be done on Fran's part to discover any of this. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't shake her faith in anything or change the way she thinks about anything, like... And it's not, like... None, yeah, none of it really is of too much consequence. Um, yeah. But I, I guess it sort of fits, like, Fran's overall reactions to everything. Yeah, in that, yeah, in that like, she never, she, 
she never has a consequential reaction to anything. Pretty yeah, much. like like the most of a reaction that we ever see out of Fran is when she tries to strangle her aunt because her aunt threw Mr. Midnight into the void. And which was, ends up being of no consequence. Which ends up being of no consequence. But yeah, yeah, it's like you try to kill your aunt and you get shot. Yeah, but then, none, then of it, I thought, like, <laughs> none of it matters. I, yeah, I thought like, oh, in trying to kill her aunt, it's gonna there's gonna do a thing about how like, oh, you thought you were being possessed when you killed your parents, but this kind of killer instinct has actually been in you all along. You know, like they were gonna bring that up, but no, no, that's not really like a thing that comes up. Yeah, there there are just so many like avenues that the friends story... just happy with who she is. Yeah, no, like she she doesn't really grow or change anyway. She just you know continues to be a happy little girl, I guess. Yeah. It's it's like again, at the time I was very happy with the ending in terms of like, well, you know, I'm glad it all worked out, but narrative in terms of typical narrative structure, it's an incredibly dissatisfying conclusion. Yeah. And they they also never explain like why the fuck is Fran the chosen one? What like what, what does is, that even entail? What like like okay, she's got like the key that can open up the paths between dimensions, except that's not true because there's just a wizard that can do it. <laughs> yeah. And and what does like what is she supposed to do with being this chosen one? She's not like participating in any kind of a war between the dimensions. The dimensions just seem to be like coexisting pretty happily. I, I feel like um, maybe the idea was that Remor like wanted that ability so that he could go and fuck up the nice places, but that's never that's also like never really stated. Yeah. So that's There's also the possibility that she's insane. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's possible that the whole thing is like and then she just gave in to her madness. The end. Yeah. Which is also, like, not a super satisfying ending, but at least if they, like, were clear about it and acknowledged it, it might be a little bit more, you could sort of take it at, like, wow, that really is, like, an intentional, like, switcheroo on what you expected, as opposed to this kind of, like, weird muddiness where you're like, like, was that actually a really cool and intentional break from the typical narrative, or did they just run out of steam at the end and fail to provide a good ending? Yeah, like, I get to the ending and it sort of feels like, well, what what was the point of any of this? Yeah, like, but... if I had just stayed in Atherstha in Chapter 3, it would have been exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't know. Yeah, that. you wouldn't have that knowledge, I guess. Um, I, but Fran didn't even seem to care that much about the knowledge at that point. Yeah. Like, she was, it almost seemed like she was going home because you just sort of have to do that thing, right? Like, is that the normal expected thing to do in that chapter? But it didn't, it didn't feel super motivated. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. The ending is really weird. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It's weird, but, uh, but I like the fact that it didn't go for like a traditional story. Yeah, I think there were probably more and less satisfying ways to have, to have wrapped that up. And there, the thing is the real world is so fucked up in this narrative that just going back to the real world probably wouldn't have cut it as like a satisfying ending. But 
I don't know if this does either. At least not without more... I, maybe they could have led up to it a little bit better, as opposed to just having two random people come out of nowhere and, like, spirit her off to, like, a happy place. Yeah, and then before that, having two random people come out of nowhere and be revealed as, like, the big bad guys? Yeah. Uh, 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 like, you're right in that this isn't the most unsatisfying way that the game could have ended. However, I think it is the most confusing. <laughs> Yeah, it it didn't feel... There were parts of it that didn't feel earned, that felt kind of, like, rushed, and, like, they just wanted to tie off all the loose ends all at once mm -hmm. and didn't, like, put enough thought into it, really. Um, but eh, it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. At least it wasn't, like, a confusing and also unhappy, unsatisfying ending. Yeah. Also, there's a, there's a thing that you can get an achievement for. It's like an old photo that you find in the room where the doctor is strapped up, and it, and it shows that, uh, the, the conjoined twins, and also, uh, Aunt Grace and your deceased mother were part of the twins' research. Mm -hmm. But that, again, that doesn't really lead to anything. Like, it doesn't... Yeah, they sort of they sort of imply that a little bit in the in the like doctor the evil doctor's dialogue I think where he's like oh yes your mother and your aunt were an yeah. important part of like trying to find and again that would feel like more earned if there was anything to do with Fran and twins throughout because it, then it's like oh he was doing this twins research to f try and find this key along with Remor to like do whatever this big plan is but Fran's not a twin. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. she's the daughter of a twin, I guess, but, unless yeah. Unless she, like, had a twin but absorbed her twin in the womb, but they, I mean, they don't say that. Like, yep. that they could have, and it probably would have, like, that would have made sense as to why yeah, and her then, is the is the key. Yeah, and Maybe why her twin is... A time traveler that goes through dimensions, and she—that's why you see her. Yeah, I was gonna say that would also explain like why you keep seeing like an evil version of yourself running around doing bad things for a lot of parts in the I, game. I was thinking about the good twin, the one that oh, helps the, you. The one, the one, the version of you from your past. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but again, like none of that is ever stated, mm -hmm. so we can't use that as justification for anything. I don't know. Like, we're real down on this ending, kind of, well, mostly pretty down yeah. on this ending here, but like, overall, I like this game. Yeah, it, it had a, it had an interesting, like, fairy tale sort of feel to the arc of it, and like, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and like, it, it was adventure gamey, but it was generally not so adventure gamey that I got mad about well, it. Well, Let's talk about that, because now we're done with the, the storytelling part of it. Let's talk about the mechanics. Well, yes. before we go off, sure. should we just mention, like, Alice in Wonderland? Oh, yeah. they. I mean, they, they throw a quick allusion to that in at the end, where you, like, find a photo from Fran's childhood, where she's like, I had this friend named Alice, and we used to tell each other stories about all the, like, weird and wonderful places we went. Yeah. Like, all of the... Everything is, like, heavily inspired... Yeah, it has a very Alice in Wonderland feel to it in a lot of parts, for sure. Yes. And in including the, like, 
Alice in Wonderland, if you read the original one, definitely has some, like, really, like, distressing and unsettling parts to it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so this is just like that with the unsettlingness turned up to 11. Yeah. I forget that I've actually read Alice in Wonderland, like, a long, long time ago. None of the adaptations ever talk about that part where they're throwing around that pig baby. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> I would I would say pretty much all of the adaptations is better than the original, in my oh, opinion. No. I don't know. I it's it's just different. It Wait, is its own thing. Even the even the Tim Burton one. Even the Tim Burton. One. Whoa! <laughs> Get out of here! I don't think here. I've ever seen the Tim Burton one. It's it's the one with Johnny Depp and he looks zany. Oh oh yeah the the recent one yeah, yeah. no I I didn't watch that one. Yeah that's that's like yeah. What what Tim Burton has become? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, anyway, get out of here, Carl. <laughs> Your opinion's bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mechanics. Mechanic. Um, so you have a little purse inventory full of items that you collect over the course of the game. Some of them from the real world. Some of them from the nightmare world. They all go in your purse, regardless. Um, and they. For the most part, they do a pretty good job of um, culling things after you're done using them. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, hey, you used, you did the one use that you needed for this, like, I don't know, piece of string or whatever. So piece of string is gone now. Um, but not always. You have a crayon that you carry around for most of the goddamn game. Uh, and then, <laughs> like, for the, like, last third of the game, you don't use it at all. Yeah. Wait, don't you ever use the crayon again? The last thing you do with it, I think, is write on the ticket. Once you've written on the ticket, I don't think you use it again after that. I, I'm looking at the this walkthrough, and you can use the crayon in Itward's ship when you're when you're mixing the chemical. <laughs> there's a checklist, and you can check off the chemical that you like have made with this chemistry set, and it doesn't do anything other than like give you an achievement, but. Um, I see. Yeah, so. Okay. So that's why the crayon stays in the inventory, I guess. I guess. I guess. I guess. But it's one of the earliest items you get. Yeah. And then it just stays in the inventory. Yeah, and you do need it for a puzzle in Chapter 3. But mm-hmm. then after that, you don't really need it again, but it's still there. Um, you do get an, a bloody knife pretty early on that you use for fucking for... everything. Yeah. It's the scythe from Grim Fandango. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to mess up my blade. <laughs> exactly. Does it? It's it's just already pretty messed up, so you can use it to, like, cut strings and cut, like, branches and, you know, you you only rarely Colors. use it to actually stab people. Yeah. You never use it to stab people? You have to stab yourself because you need your blood for the twins' oh, yeah. ritual. Yeah. Also, I feel uh, like I, I might be wrong about this. I feel like the knife is not initially bloody, and then you use it to get your own blood, and then it becomes bloody, and it stays bloody for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's, is I that, think that's true. okay. Yeah, which is I don't know, kind of interesting that they did it that way. Yeah, but um, and yeah, and the fact that it's bloody doesn't ever really become mm-hmm. a thing. Um, but so for the most part, the puzzles are fine. But there's like one or two puzzles which are just really poorly 
like, to, just, are just very moon logic-y. Like, there's always one of these fucking things in an adventure game. Yeah. Like, it's not an adventure game unless there's something that's so stupid that you go, how did they ever expect anyone to figure that out? Yeah. And in this one, it's the goddamn typewriter puzzle in the, uh... So, I'm gonna sort of defend it. Not really, but... How dare you, Carl! I don't think it's the fault in the puzzle itself. I do. I, I think it's the fact that the queuing of the typewriter is pretty poor. No, it's a... You know what? It's a fucking... It's a fucking passport mustache puzzle. Because the... <laughs> because the problem is not that, like hey, you're collecting things for this recipe and you have to figure out uh, what the, like, recipe is. It's you have to change the other recipe so it says a thing that you can then match. Like, it's it's real. So yeah, the, the idea is you that, have to... The idea makes sense, right? No, it doesn't. Why would you come to the conclusion that you have to change their the other recipe that's not the one you're looking at? Because they're that's the recipe you were supposed to be working with. Yeah. That's the one you were given. Yeah, but I don't. So, so the way this puzzle goes is, um, you have two recipes. You have the recipe that the sisters gave you, um, which is the recipe for, uh some evil spell that they want you to do. Uh, and you have another recipe that you found that's, it says it's like to reveal the true soul, but it's basically the recipe to kill the sisters. Um, so you're secretly correct collecting all of the stuff for, um, the, the evil, you know, the recipe you want to do. Um, but you have to, and here's what really does it is that the last ingredient on the, the list that you have to collect is hair from the sisters. And at that point, the sisters are gone. Yeah, uh, and, and you're that's, wandering around that's their a house. bad move. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the worst part. The sisters are gone, and you're in their house, and you look top to bottom through the house, there is none of their hair anywhere. And the thing you have to do is you have to get their hair when they come back. But in order to make them come back, what you have to do is you have to go to a typewriter that's in the corner of one of the houses, you have to put the other recipe that they wanted you to fill out into the typewriter and type hair from the twins on the recipe so that when they come back, they will see that and go, oh, you need this ingredient for our recipe and they'll give it to you. But they don't come back until after you've done the typewriter thing, which is not a causality. Like, there's no causal connection between those two things. It's just that the game is waiting to play that cutscene until you've performed the action that it wants you to perform. Yeah. I, I feel like that was intentional to keep you from trying and failing to interact with the sisters. Yeah. But from it's trying not... to use your knife to cut their hair yeah, and, and but so it's, on. It's not done yeah, but as the well. Yeah, yeah, the result like... is like there's no telegraphing of like what you're yeah. supposed to do next. I think the they worst just, part about that also is that, like, if you go upstairs to the house, there's just, like, a vanity yeah, and, and a, like, hairbrush, not a hairbrush, probably. I, oh, okay, I couldn't remember if there actually was a hairbrush, but it's, no, like, but it, there should that be. should it be there. like, exactly the sort of spot where you'd find a hairbrush. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I th- a big problem I had with this first time is what I did not see that typewriter at all. Because it's yeah. right next to a window, and there's, like, there's, like, a like a curtain that's 
waving in the wind right in front of it. Mm-hmm. And if you click on the typewriter, you don't. It's not like you get any text that says like, or maybe you do. Maybe uh, if you, you click on it, it's like I don't have any paper to type on or something. No, like it that. just says that it's working. Yeah. Um, so if you, yeah. So what you have to do is like combine paper and typewriter, like use paper on typewriter, and it's just like that's. That's that was a really poorly designed section. I, 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 I still think it, the puzzle is fine, but the I, queuing is bad. I will say I also think that there is some dialogue with the the toad outside of the house where he basically says like the sisters won't believe you if you tell them you need the hair. You need like they have to see it in writing. No, so so what it is, what it I, what you might be thinking of is uh, if you go outside to where the toad is. And you go into Nightmare World, there is blood painted on the wall that says something like, uh, like, you know, paper convinces those who doubt. Or something like really vague. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're like right. Like that. Yeah. Um, which, which makes sense in retrospect after you know the solution to the puzzle, but right. is not sufficient as a hint to what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. okay, I was, yeah, I was misremembering. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. Also, I'm not sure if the toad also says something about it, but maybe I, yeah, uh, I, I. He, he has a whole conversation about how you shouldn't trust the sisters, um, but I don't think he gives you any like explicit hinting towards the, the solution to that puzzle. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Or if he did, if he does, it's oblique enough that like it's real easy to miss. Uh, also, while we're on the the subject of griping about puzzles in this specific section, motherfucking sliding tile puzzles. God, God damn it. Son of a bitch. I actually had to look up like a video guide for that, cause I just, I'm so bad at sliding tile puzzles. And, I don't like sliding tile puzzles. And, but okay, actually, actually, I was good enough at it that like it didn't bother me, but when it came up I thought to myself, oh, Kelsa's gonna hate this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I, 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 I'll walk that back a little bit. I'm, I'm okay at like, regular sliding tile puzzles, but this is a really specific type of sliding tile puzzle where there are... What what section of was the... It's something with gears that you're supposed to connect to open something. It's like the mirror. The mirror. Yeah, so you have like a selection of gears that are Mm -hmm. on sliding tiles and you have to like make them match up so that they... The mechanism is completed to open the like secret mirror... Uh, so it can jump cabinet. stare at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get out of here with your sliding tile puzzles. God damn it. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No, was that... Was that in the mirror, or was that in the jack-in-the-box in Etherista? It was no, in the, the mirror. mirror. The jack-in-the-box okay. one was the one where it gives you, like... The oh, the, the, text, the Fibonacci and you have to do yeah, yeah you have yeah, to do yeah. the Fibonacci okay. sequence, which uh, I I also got tripped up on just because I I um I thought I was using the correct symbol, but I was not using the correct symbol. And I was like, why isn't this working? I'm doing it right. Like I know, yeah. like I was I got, so I was so proud I, of myself for being like, this looks like a Fibonacci sequence. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. nail this puzzle. And also, there's like a little there's a little kid who like sings the Fibonacci sequence if you talk to him in Etherista. And I was really oh, I annoyed at that, that puzzle for a while because I was like, why are they making me, like, go all the way back to the mountain and squint at a tiny 
scroll on the wall in order to remember these numbers and then walk all the way back oh. to the library. And then after I'd finished the puzzle, I discovered there was a book right next to it that had all the numbers in it. I was like, yeah. son of a bitch! Yeah. And it's also not that hard to figure out if you just look at... Yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty easy numbering system, the Thurston numbering system. So, it was fine, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, the other places I had trouble was the lemon puzzle in uh, in Etherista, which I felt like in retrospect that I should have been able to get that one. Like, it didn't make me angry in the way that the typewriter puzzle made me angry. Because um, the, the idea is there's, like, a guy, and you need him to give you one of his lemons. He's picking lemons off a lemon tree. And he's like, sorry, I need all of these lemons, as many as my basket can hold. Um and what you have to do is go to the tree in a different season when the basket is still there, but he's not there, and then cut a hole in the basket and then go back to summer. And then when he's picking it, um, there will be a hole in the basket and the lemon will fall out and you can get a lemon. There was, there was also a bit where you're in the, like, the bugs bar. Yeah, that, that, I was going to tri- bring that up Yeah, next. that tripped me up because you have to, like, interact with multiple characters multiple times, and that always sort of froze me. Yeah, there's also, like, the the bar sequence is full of bad design, I feel like, because the, so this, first of all, to even get into the bar at all, you have to go around back and go to a specific season when the woodpile is smaller. But, prior to the start of that puzzle, the woodpile is not smaller in that season. Like, this is the first time yeah, that, you're right. like, yeah. that, that, the, that that actually changes in the different seasons. Um, so there's a, like, an unremarked upon change in the world with no causality that they don't draw your attention to, which is bad design. Um, and yeah, then... Maybe, but I also know that I was watching you playing this, mm-hmm. and you kn- knew the solution to this puzzle before well, you faced yeah, the puzzle. I, I knew that because I had, I had been looking up the lemon solution, and I had accidentally found this solution as well. So, like, I so knew this may, may, Maybe you would have, like, checked closer... Maybe, yeah. Maybe I would have found it. Maybe I wouldn't. But it seems like that's, like, first, like, just on its face, like, that's a, a yeah. kind of shitty thing to do. Design-wise. Yeah. Um, but then, so then you go into the bar, and you steal the ticket, uh, and then you come and you present the ticket to the doorman, but that doesn't work. Like, you, you go through all this effort to get a ticket, and then you can't use the ticket. And what you have to do is, like, write on a blank piece of paper to make your own fake ticket. You have but to the write thing on is, the exterminator's card, which has yeah. just been hanging out in your inventory for yeah. uh, a considerable amount of time. But yeah. the thing is, that was one of my earliest concepts for how to solve this puzzle. Was I'm like, oh, well, I have a ticket-shaped thing and a crayon. I should just make a ticket. And I tried to do that, but it will not let you do that combination before you've gotten the real ticket. You don't know how it looks. I know you don't know how it looks, but it, it, it feels <laughs> shitty. It feels shitty that I knew the solution for a long time, and it wouldn't let me do it until I'd done this whole circuitous runaround with getting another real ticket, and the real ticket doesn't work. And, you know, like, it, that felt, like, really unnecessarily complicated, uh, so, and just for the sake of having more steps in the puzzle. And then I feel like there's some dialogue when you give your your DIY ticket to the doorman, and he's like, this ticket looks weird, and Fran's like, yep, I made it myself! Yeah. Like, I thought I should be invited to the party, so I invited myself, and it's like, okay, little girl, like, then you don't need the ticket. So, 
Like, the big if, question I have is, why do everyone have a ticket? <laughs> everyone is invited. Everyone has a ticket. Then why does anyone have a ticket? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. He says like everyone is born with a ticket, which is weird. I I do um, look. I I can forgive all of this because the conceit of the puzzle is that you have to make a grasshopper dance so fast that he passes out and you can steal his shoes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think he's a praying mantis. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he is a praying mantis. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Um. Another yeah, good point. It's, like, it's fine. Those, that puzzle was, like, made me kind of roll my eyes in that I'm like, ugh, I would not have designed this. Like, I would have, I would have objected to this design had I been on this team. But it did not infuriate me in the same way that the typewriter puzzle infuriated me. The other thing that really infuriated me was the goddamn cat. Um, oh, the cat where you have to combine all the stuff for the clock? Well, no, not, not combining the stuff for the clock. Um, before that, there's a there's a cat doll, uh, and you have to use a key to open the oh, cat okay, doll. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And the UX for this is terrible because you have a cat and you have a with a with a keyhole, and you have a key shaped like a cat, and you cannot combine these items to use key on cat. Like that's the most obvious UX for that, and what you have to do instead is. Click on the doll, examine the doll, open the doll. From looking at the doll in your inventory, click on the inventory again, select the key, select use, use key on doll. And it's the only item in the entire game that you get, you go into your inventory from examining another inventory object. Yeah. Like, there's no establishment for that anywhere in the game. no items? Hmm? No other items that does that? I don't think so. I mean, if you think of one, let me know, but I don't think there's any case, in every other case, you just combine items with the, with the item combine. Or sometimes you examine an item to see something in a little more detail and you like maybe click on it. But there's no other item that you click the inventory, examine, click the inventory again while you're examining, and click a second item and click use. Like that's too many steps. Just let me, sure, fine, make me go into the cat and examine it to see the keyhole. But after that, let me combine key with cat. That's the most sensible UX for that. And the fact that they didn't do that, like I spent, you were probably, you were watching Carl, I spent what, 20 minutes wandering around that house looking for other things I could possibly do because I tried that like three times and it didn't seem like it worked. Yeah. And it's also, it gets more frustrating because you have no space to move around. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm like, there doesn't seem to be anything else I can do. Like, I have these three loose ends that I know are, are things that I need to accomplish, but I can't find anything else to interact with that I haven't interacted with. So what could possibly be the thing I'm missing? And it was just a stupid, like, UX sequence. Also, uh... I might be misremembering, but with with respect to the inventory, I feel like there are not a whole lot of situations where you actually combine items within your inventory. Like, there's is, a couple. There's like the grabomatic. Yeah, there's that. The and I feel like there's, there's the maybe pole. one or two. Uh, other I mean, things. it's it's more common in the beginning of the game. Yeah, like it seems like yeah. they they use it and then they just like don't use that mechanic anymore, which is. Yeah, you do it at least once in, if there's the, 
yeah, uh, okay, in yeah. for the for the fishing There's pole. There's the fishing pole and the grabomatic, and those are like the only two that I can remember. Maybe one in when you're repairing the ship, some point, possibly. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's the, at least, and this is not really forgivable. Like, this is not really a good excuse for it, but um, you can at least argue that that is a common adventure game verb. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're familiar with adventure yeah. games, you know that you can combine items with other well, yeah, items. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess the real issue for me was that they just kind of dropped that mechanic yeah. eventually. And it's like, well, this is here. I should be able to use it. And it, it sort of becomes a sticking point. Like, I should be able to combine, like, it's, like when you're building the clock, you have to build the clock by throwing all of the clock items into a large statue of a cat. Why can't you just go into your inventory and combine them? You know what I bet it is? Um, hmm. I bet it's because they didn't have the code to let you combine the items in an arbitrary order. Right? That's, because then you would have yeah. had to do every permutation of like, okay, first I'm going to combine water with soap. Or first I'm going to combine bottle with soap. Or first I'm going to combine bottle with, like, chest or whatever. And so you would have to have A, like, um, the ability to combine things arbitrarily. And B, you would have to have, like... Uh, you know, a factorial number of images of things combined in interstitial states. Yeah, and that, assets. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, which is still silly, but yeah, but at um, least at least it's an explanation. You're right. Yeah, I found some other combinations. Like uh, you combine the crayon with the ticket, and you combine the door handle with the glue and the door. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There were. Yeah, like I said, I didn't, I played the first 90% of the game. Like, the only part that I have done in the past seven days is literally just the end sequence where you're in the place with all the doors. Like, that's where I left off. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's very adventure gamey, and like any adventure game, there are sections that, like, make total sense and are fine, and then there are sections where you just spend a long time going, what? How was I supposed to know that? That's dumb. Yeah, I guess... I think my overall impression of it is that it's a lot less bullshitty in general than, like, many adventure games that I have played, but now that we're, like, actually talking about it... It is bullshitty. It's real bullshitty. And elucidating the flaws that, yes... I would also say that, but I also, like, most of my adventure game I've been playing is old games. Yeah, and this one is and not And it's that not old. really fair to compare. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were a few places that could have used, let's say, like, another few rounds of playtesting. Yeah. Um, but overall as i said i think the bulk of the the puzzles were like understandable and you had a clear idea of what your goal was even if you didn't always understand why yeah you, knew you what always you were had doing. a clear goal yeah um and so like you were able to like pursue that goal in a way that felt satisfying yep I can there were one or two areas spaces in the end where i like didn't realize that two spaces like, that there was another place I could go in a section, I just, like, didn't notice. And so I got frustrated until I realized, like, oh, I can walk to the left here. Yeah. I, also, I do like that they generally make it pretty apparent as to where you can go and if you have more places you can go. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that was my dumb fault. There was clearly, like, a big thing on the left side that was indicating that I could go left. I yeah. just didn't notice. Yeah. 
Also, they put a phone in that area, and earlier in the game when you have the exterminator ticket, there's a phone number on the exterminator ticket, and it's absolutely criminal that they didn't at least put in, like, a little joke or reference or achievement or something if you call that phone number on the phone. Oh, that's true. I, I was, like... I was, like, super excited when I realized that, and I then I couldn't remember what the phone number was, but then Carl, like, looked it up for me so we could try it. <laughs> and nothing. And it doesn't dang. do anything, because it's not long enough to register as a phone number in that phone. Mm. So, yeah, I, I do. Here's a dumb thing I did. When I got to the phone where you have to, like, take the number on the card and call call from the phone, I was like, okay, I need to... I need to remember this number. I need to, like, <laughs> write it down. And then I get into the yeah, phone interface, true. and it's just like, oh, it just has you just holding the card so you can you. see it. Because I had clicked on the phone before, and obviously I didn't have the card yet, so it didn't have that. So I just assumed that it wouldn't give me that. Yeah. So I, like, wrote it down, and then I felt really dumb. Yep, same. I, like, okay. was having the chat type it out, so I'm like, type this so that when we get into the phone, like, we don't, you know, we have the number memorized. <laughs> Yeah, and then you click on it. It's just like the number is right there. It's like, oh. I really like that whole sequence. <laughs> Where it's, you're like trying so to get an silly. appointment with the hell doctor. Yeah, yes, go an appointment by, and they say, no, you have to call. Yeah, like you have to go down there. And you just go and call, and then go back. Yeah, yeah you have to go down there. Sorry for such a like convoluted and silly joke, considering the like supposed stakes of that moment. Yeah, like, you have to go down there and take a number, and you see that there's a ton of other patients waiting there, and you talk to them, and they're like, I've been waiting here for months! And then you have to cure the patient with the next number. With ticket so, number two. With ticket number two, so that you can, like, get his ticket. And then you get to the lady at the the receptionist, and she's like, oh, you're number two. Well, do you have an appointment? Uh, you have to You have to make an appointment. I can't see you now because I'm waiting for you to call to make an appointment. So then you have to like go and, and call her and make an appointment and then you just come back and she's like, oh yeah, you're right here. I wrote it down. You have an appointment. And then you go through the door and like Remor shows you that you killed your parents. It's like, well, that was a, <laughs> yeah. a ride. Think, yeah, this whole sequence is sandwiched in between you wake up the mother of pain and descend into the pit in her heart, the heart of darkness, and... Remore tells you that he forced you to kill your own parents. I think like the, the between weirdest... those two moments, you have this whole little Ooh. cheesy sequence with running around in a doctor's office. Well, I think the weirdest thing is that you go down the ladder into the mother of pain's hell heart, and it's a doctor's office. Yeah. How how did the patients I mean, get down there? Convenient doctor's office. Yeah. Like, how like how did the other patients get down there? They didn't have the magic alarm clock. Like. It's, uh, 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 Whatever. Dream logic. Well, it's been, How it's did you been, get like, there? They've been waiting like, for like days or months and, uh, you know, so maybe she wakes up occasionally and that's when everybody can go down. Yeah. Maybe they were true. put in that dimension at that place. Yeah, that's true. They just don't know of any other, any, any other way of being. They've always been in that hospital. Yep. Why is Remor the doctor? <laughs> I I would like to see his credentials. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's qualified to practice medicine. I agree. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's it's 
the end sequence goes just like that. The whole chapter five is just real weird. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. I've I've enumerated my frustration points. I would say other than those particular points, uh, I largely did not have a lot of problems with the game. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's spooky, especially in the beginning. So if you're not into being spooked, you know, like don't you don't necessarily want to play it. But if you're into slight spooks and you like adventure games, we've given you hints for the hardest puzzles. Yeah. So yeah, so you don't have to worry about that. You got it covered. Yep. Uh, is um, that it? Do we have anything else to say? Yeah, I don't know. The it's art really the art good. Was sort of the art's charmingly really good. low budget. Yeah, it's it, like I felt like I should have been more annoyed by how amateurish the art frequently was, but I I never was. I was like, oh, that's it's competent and it's consistent. Yeah, and it um, kind of fits with the sort of childish tone of the yeah. like the character in a little in a certain way and it, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's nothing to write home about, but it's adequate. <laughs> it's charming. Yeah. Has a little bit of a sort of, uh, you know, Edward Gorey vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Is it Edward Gorey? Yes. It's Edward, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, Fran Bo, there you go. Fran Bo. Um, any other, any other last comments? I don't think so. Alright, well, then let's talk about, uh, what we're gonna do next. Uh, cause I'm excited, because for me, this is gonna be like some real relaxation after playing Franbo. For everybody else, apparently not as much. Yeah. Um, we're gonna play Cities Skylines, yeah. uh, which is basically, uh, SimCity. Um. I wanna say that, that Cities Skylines was almost like a direct response to how yeah. poorly the most recent installment of Sin City was Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was there was some controversy. If I remember correctly, it was something like um, they claimed... So it came out with a requirement to be always online, and they claimed that it was necessary because of the way that, like, multi multiplayer features were implemented, that they couldn't turn it off, uh, even in single-player. Um, but then somebody found a switch in the code to turn it off, and it turned out it changed absolutely nothing about the game, and it was actually just some, like, underhanded DRM scheme. Yeah. Uh, I feel and, like, like there was also more to it, but this has been a number of years ago, so I don't really remember. Yeah, and, and people were also upset just because it, like, you know, it's a new SimCity game, and people had been waiting a really long time, and it actually, like, didn't have that much that was new or interesting about it. Was uh, did the new SimCity have fewer features than previous installments, or was that just The Sims? That might have just been The Sims, okay. but um, it was something like people were very mad at the the most the the, the latest official SimCity release, uh, and so then came Cities Skylines, which was basically everything people had wanted SimCity to be. Yeah. Um, so it's a city builder sim. Uh, I've played it for, according to Steam, 64 hours now. Um, I like it a lot. I find it a very fun, like, relaxing, uh, sim to play. Because I, I like sims like that. This sort of sim I find relaxing for whatever reason. Um, 
published by uh, Swedish publisher Paradox Interactive, created by Finnish developer Colossal Order. Um, pretty solid, solid city building sim. Very customizable. Hopefully you guys will like it. We'll and see. And a whole lot of DLC that I think most of us are not playing with. Yeah, yeah I, we're mostly playing with the vanilla and whatever the, like, two or three free DLCs are. So. Uh, and also, if you are don't have this game, I feel like a lot of people probably have this one, but if you don't have it, uh, the the base game is, like, seven bucks fifty right now on Steam. Yeah, so. very, very on sale at the moment, so this would be the time to pick it up. Yes. We didn't even know that it was that on sale when we decided <laughs> on it. Uh, happy you have, accident. You yep. have three or four days. Oh, well, yeah. okay, well, I hope you listen to this podcast uh, as soon as it is published. Yeah, well, I assume you're also going to tweet that it's on sale as part yeah, of Yeah, I, sh- I should do that. You're correct. <laughs> I prob- Like, that's the kind of thing that I normally do, but I feel like today I would have not done that. Like, I would have just forgotten. <laughs> Yes. Well, speaking of uh, of you tweeting things, Kelso, how can people like find you and or us generally on Twitter? Uh, yes, hello. You can follow uh, podcast Twitter on Twitter at Feedback Force, where I I like to tweet when we upload episodes and about games that we are playing or have played that are on sale if I see them, uh, and you can see my mess of a Twitter uh, <laughs> at Kelso Time Bomb it's mostly cats cat cat <laughs> it's mostly cat um, yeah alright um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Kyla underscore go um, I also I'm currently between games but I normally do a uh, Twitch stream on Sunday mornings uh, where I play Old nostalgic games, uh, work, that's twitch.tv slash cage tiger, spelled with a K. Uh, and we're currently trying to decide what game to play next, so if you want to be involved in that, you know, follow my Twitter, and I'll probably put up a poll in the next week or so about what game I should go to next. Um, I think I'm leaning towards maybe Donkey Kong Country, but we'll see. Yes! Donkey Kong Country is like a huge part of my childhood. <laughs> I would when are you gonna play Paper Mori though? What? Uh, I mean, oh. I might, I might put that on the poll, so we'll see. I can I, I? I, for what it's worth, I hated Super Mario RPG, so we'll see. I, I'm gonna make a suggestion that you can uh, consider or ignore entirely. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Two is great, and I think it's kind of widely regarded as being the best of the three Super Nintendo Donkey Kong games, but. Do with that what you will. I really like okay. that. Yeah, I usually try and play the ones that people have the most overwhelming nostalgia for, because, like, the whole thing is seeing whether, like, yeah. the nostalgia is just nostalgia or whether it actually holds up if you play it for the first time as a modern game. Yeah, I know, I mean, I, I've i seen a lot of people really like the second one. I think the only one that most people ignored was the third one, which is actually still a really good game, but that's right, neither well, we'll here nor there. If so. if it wins, I might put up a second poll that says like, uh, which of the these do you think I should actually play? Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, that's me. I'm at Skag Three on Twitter. Do you have any Twitter homework for our listeners? No. Okay. 
Not this time. Not this time. That's fine. Cool. Uh, that's that's the episode. We did it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, next time we will be playing City Skylines. If you are really into that game and or city building sims in general, consider joining us as a guest. We would love to have you. Yep. All yeah. you gotta do is yeah. tweet at us. Yeah, that's literally the only requirement. And and preferably play the game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that too. Uh... <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye.